Welcome back to the Connected Minds Podcast. My name is Christian Yordanov. Thank you for joining me today. Today's guest is Howdy Mikoski. We only have a third of the interview here. The other, the rest of the interview will be on my members community on my website. Uh, this is because of Howdy's request, because some of the topics we cover later on in the interview are slightly more of a sensitive nature. And uh, I guess we we need to make sure that only adults hear the the message and folks that are able to fully comprehend it with a sober state of mind without you know jumping to uh conclusions or emotional reactions so that's the reason why the uh the first uh third of or so of the interview is uh here in the public domain and then the other uh, the rest is on my members community, which you can check out the link to which is down below in the description. A little bit about Howdy. He's original, originally from Canada. He now lives in Norway. He has been studying the ancient wisdom traditions of the world for the past 25 years. Uh, earlier in his life, he was a stand-up comedian and a writer of sports history. After having a depression at age 28, he came across a Nova TV program on Egyptian pyramids that changed his life. At that point, he put every moment of his time to study the ancient world. Good fortune brought him to spend time with a Korean Zen monk, several native Indian medicine men, a doctor of medical Qigong, herbalists and alchemists. He saved what money he had and traveled the world to visit ancient sites in Egypt, Mexico and Europe. He has been looking to uncover less how the sacred sites were built, but why and how can such sites be used by humans today in positive ways. This wisdom was put into the book, The Power of Then. When he was 36, he fell into a canyon in Western Canada and had a death experience that, that revealed the false covering of oneself and of reality. Changing his effort of study, he delved into the work of Gnostic and Hermetic teachings, stone circles and megaliths, as well as the writings and teachings of Tat Foundation creator Richard Rose. This awakening experience was very hard and confusing for him, included years of near incapac incapacitating illness, forcing one to go the only place we have avoided, within. The challenges of dealing with an awakening came to be put into the pages of his new book, Falling for Truth. Following a study trip to Florence, new information came to light of the lies of modern history. He thus wrote Exposing the Expositions in 2019 regarding the lies surrounding the world fairs of the 1800s. In 2022, he was inspired to look into an exploration of the analogy of Plato's cave, which became the book Exit the Cave, Ending the Reincarnation Trap. And this this last book, Exit the Cave, is what we, uh, much of the discussion today will be centered around. Basically, Exit the Cave, Ending the Reincarnation Trap is what the book is called. And just to give you a little bit of a teaser of what the book is about, most people will say something feels terribly wrong with reality, the world, life. Why is that? Because something is wrong. This whole experience called life on earth is a falsified lie. Standard spirituality, religion, and the new age tell us that we live in a wonderful world made by a creator who loves us and who is always waiting for our prayers. Yet some groups such as the Gnostics and Cathars believe that we live in a virtual reality simulation fashioned by an evil creator with the purpose of consuming our energy and keeping our soul trapped. 
Plato created the allegory of the cave to present that we live in a non-real reality and in fact we are prisoners in it. Exit the Cave takes a candid exploration into the reincarnation trap by unpacking a plethora of diverse information from ancient texts and near-death experiences to movies such as Dark City and Westworld in an attempt to deconstruct and understand Plato's cave allegory. Most significant of it all is how important it is to be prepared at the moment of one's death, our only true guaranteed experience, what awaits us on the other side of turning our back on constant incarnations in a pit of suffering. Perhaps it is what our soul has been dreaming of for eons, going home. So that's a little bit of a taster of what Exit the Cave is about and to be quite honest I wish it I wish it were not true what he talks about and I'm trying to play the devil's advocate and I've been thinking a lot about because I've been listening to Howdy um, on his YouTube channel all of his links will be down below of course you can check it out and his books and everything but I've, I've been listening to him and he just makes a lot of solid points and I'm trying to play the devil's advocate in my head and, and uh, during the interview and I'm trying to believe otherwise but i'm also i feel like we need to be open-minded enough to to uh the thesis that he presents uh because there is plenty of evidence for it as well so uh, it's it's this is definitely a conversation for uh, at least the part that in in my members community is more for folks that are a little bit more open-minded i'm sure most of my listeners or if not all uh, are very much open-minded to, to these topics, but it is a difficult subject to to wrap one's head around. It, it's kind of difficult to to accept, I suppose, right? So anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, preview part of the conversation with Howdy. Check out the link down below if you want to join my members community. There'll be a lot of other cool stuff, a lot of other uh, behind the scenes uh, from from other episodes, unpublished episodes, and a lot of health information that I'll be publishing in the future related to uh, all sorts of things, detoxing, gut health, and a ton of other stuff. So feel free to check that out at your leisure. There's also a free tier you can sign up to. There's a ton of uh, free content there as well already. So uh, without further ado, this is Howdy Mikoski. Okay, so I've been waiting for quite a long time to say this. Howdy, howdy. Hey, I sorry, I can't. I, I guess I can say, how's the Christ and Christian? I guess I can make the best <laughs> I can do back. Christ is good. Christ is good. You know, I, I was Buddhist for a while. Yeah. In my 20s, yeah. It's um, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of the stuff you talk about, when you kind of distill it down, it actually resonates a lot with, or it has a lot of commonalities oh, with what the Buddha's sort of initial teaching was that there is suffering and the way out of suffering is to escape suffering. the cycle of reincarnation, right? That's how it's sort of originally presented. Um, I've noticed, though, that because, of course, the challenge with any ancient tradition is that the tradition, the way it's presented now, is not anywhere close to the way it was presented 1,000, 2,000 years ago. It's changed so drastically. And those changes take place because as you get further and further away from the dead guy, because usually these all start with somebody who knows what they're talking about. And then it doesn't take time once they're not here anymore, when you might say the first the first and second level of disciples, they think they know what's being presented, 
and they, you know, they, they, they start changing things and it doesn't take more than a hundred or 200 years. And all of a sudden you've got something really different. So there's a foundation message there, but when I've looked into as, as most traditions, when I look into them for the, but will it actually work? My, my, I'm at a point of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if I was have to say from what I've studied of, of Buddhism, maybe Dzogchen has the most likely still, um, uh, pieces of the of the core of actually ending a reincarnation cycle yeah yeah so let, let's maybe for the listeners i know you're quite popular you know in the last year and a half or two uh, but for the listeners that don't don't know about you can you can you kind of briefly summarize your work over the last um, number of years. I know you've written on quite a varied number of subjects, and I think people would be quite interested into digging into those in their own time. Sure, I guess a simple opening, and and then you can ask whatever you'd like to ask. But um, I can't say I was ever a normal person because I never really lived a, a normal life. I was um, after I got out of high school, I was. I was a, a comedian for like 15 years. I was a professional hockey coach for a lot of years. And so I was always not looking for normal ways to fit into the system. You might say I was looking to how can you kind of be in the system, but not be in the system, right? So kind of kind of on the edge um, and somewhat stressful ways of, of being in the world, certainly. Uh, I ran through some very some traumatic experiences. I mean, some, many people, unfortunately, have had way worse than I've had. But uh, I, I, just when I was finishing university, I had a father that stole all my money. And so that, that threw a wrench into everything I was doing going forward and took away a lot of safety and security in the world. I mean, these things are important, I think, to see where I've got to. Uh, then just as I finished university, I had a, I, I had an ex-girlfriend that was murdered. And the combination of those two events happening within a few years of each other kind of just dropped me into a really deep depression uh, because I couldn't trust the world anymore, right? I couldn't trust that the way you're supposed to function here is the way you've been told. And I, I kind of just was floundering for a couple of years. Um, in the midst of this really deep depression, I, 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 uh, a television program on ancient Egypt came on, uh, on pyramid building. I watched that and I knew this is, I'm supposed to do this. The ancient Egypt has some secrets here. There's something really important. And I poured, and my, my energy came back like instantly. And um, I put eight years of my life into that. And I was very lucky enough in that study that I wound up meeting um, a Korean monk, um, three native Indian medicine men, um, a Qigong doctor from Beijing, several under, you know, the people who are not out there giving courses. And these are people who, you know, you will never know they exist unless you bump into them somehow. And I was really fortunate to have met these people and kind of see how, how more ancient tradition worked and continued through in a very sort of quiet way. Wrote that book on Egypt that came out around 2004, 2005. I had a death experience where I realized the work up to that had been testing reality externally, right? Seeing it doesn't really exist. Then in the death experience, I found out, oh, crap, I don't exist either. And then that threw me into about a 10-year confused period, combination of cl clarity from the experience, but confusion from the experience. And we can always talk about this as we go along as well. Um, 
put me into some some really crazy illnesses that couldn't be explained. Just just there was a I didn't integrate the experience properly. Once you once you've seen a reality of this of this world and don't fully integrate it into your being, it'll spin you for a while. By 2019, I finally got the book out of that experience. Um, that's when I also wrote um, uh, Expositions Exposed, so going into the world fairs and all the things of the of the 1800s, which is kind of how I got started then on YouTube. I got started there with talking about history and the world fairs, and that was just walking into our crazy three-year insanity period that just happened. And so um, that was great. It opened a lot of doors. But in the midst of it, as I was talking about Plato's Cave and a lot of a lot of elements of things I had discussed for years but never really discussed deeply i finally said it's time to write this subject and that's how exit the cave came about but exit the cave kind of built itself uh, or i started writing that in may of 2022 yeah that's when i started writing it and um that book just it kind of took a life of its own because i had an idea of what i was going to talk about but as i began writing it it began changing itself and uh, so, yeah, so I, that came out in the last, uh, that came out, I guess, in September or October of last year. And here, and I've learned a lot about how people like to hear about reality. Some do, some don't. It's been a learning experience. Absolutely. Um, and we'll get into that, but uh, do, you, do you mind elaborating a little bit about your 2005 death experience i don't actually remember hearing you say exactly what happened on interviews maybe you don't want to talk about it i'm not sure i can do it briefly somewhere on my the youtube channel i still have running i've got a whole i do it for an hour i go into in exhaustive detail of it but simplified uh i was hiking with a friend in uh, johnson canyon which is a um one of canada's most famous waterfalls in the rocky mountains i didn't know what it was. We had never been there before. There was a little stream that uh, we decided to meditate beside, thought it was a good idea. Uh, I slipped into the river at this time. This was May. And so it was a, the, the river was full of the meltwater. So it was as, you know, as hard as it could be. And I, I barely got myself to the edge. And just as I got to the edge to where my friend was trying to pull me out, I pulled him in. So both of us wound up in the in the canyon, in the river, heading. At this point, now I realize, oh yeah, it's a waterfall over there, and and I kind of realized at that mm. moment, oh, this is where I'm going to die. You know, I, I, the the water was so strong at this point, and now you know the the savior that it might say I had on the shores is in with me. So, um, I figured I realized this is this is where I will die, and it was fine. The most important part of it was an unbelievable acceptance of, um, yeah, this is where I'll die, and I'll just have front row seats and it's, it's okay. You know, there's no problem with it. I don't need to keep living. I don't need to do it anymore. And in the acceptance, uh, everything I would classify as me just went away. All of it, thought, feeling, emotion, memories, hopes, fears, everything. I mean, everything was gone and all that was left was a witnessing awareness. There was, there was a, a, a very clear, I guess what you would call in, in the uh, Eastern traditions, like the observer, right? That, that, pure self-awareness. And in the pure self-awareness, then I call it uh, bubbles of information. It's the best way I can describe it because it's not thought. It's just a complete package of information would like come up before your eyes and, and it would dissolve. It would just be there and it would be understood and it would be dissolved. That's what was happening instead of thought, which was really interesting. At the moment you most 
your moments are this close to death, thought goes away, right? And you're just left with something much, much deeper, much more complete. Um, so this is all happening in microseconds. So I was getting all this information. I was getting it like a computer download is the best way I can describe it at the same time. It would be like someone put a stick in the, in my head and just started piling in files. And one part, I guess, of the last, this was 2005. So yeah, so the last, whatever, this has been 18 years has been kind of like looking through files on the inner computer because I have no idea what was downloaded, right? So a lot of the stuff I've written is, is stuff I think was downloaded then. I'm just tracking it now. Um, just so, so that was going on. And then I, I got a, um, a thought cluster that, oh, yeah, my friend. And a thought came, now a real thought came. First one was if I don't get out, how is my friend going to get out? And, and I hit a boulder. I deflected close enough that I could feel um, ground. I could feel um, the not ground. What do you call it? The, like the bottom of a riverbed with my feet, realizing it's shallow enough that I could almost stand. So I was able to swim enough against the current to get to a point where I could get my feet into the into the like the rocks sort of, and could start crawling my way out. And I was I remember the only thought I had as I was crawling out as I was screaming to my friend, "It's shallow." And I was, where can I find a long tree branch? Because I figured if I could get a tree branch and he could grab that, I could be far enough that he can't pull me in. And just as I got to shore, he was coming out himself. And we uh, we sat wow. there for about an hour. Just said nothing. We just sat there. And we just kind of stared at the river, maybe half an hour. And then we both shared our experience. And it was unbelievably similar. The experience, we both went through an acceptance. Wow. We both went through a realization of our death. We both had a similar uh, destruction of the self, you might say, and, and, a, and an awareness happening. So when we we spent like a few months after that, and it was incredible because now every time I was going through something, he was going through it. If he was having a challenge, I knew what he was going through. And other times we could just sit. There was a coffee shop. We used to, I'll, I'll stop here and then let you talk. We, we used to go to a coffee shop. In the few weeks after that, and we would just sit and we called it watching watching the extras of the movie walk by. That's all we would do. Like we weren't judging anybody, we weren't commenting. We were just like watching extras move, making making it look like a a, a real a real life was going on, and we knew that it wasn't. And that's all we did is just watching, and it was fascinating to do this with somebody. So um, that's the short short form answer of it. <laughs> that's very very cool cool story um so are you afraid of death now are you so afraid I, of death as soon as so yeah so as soon as that's over there is none zero and in fact there's no fear at all it's it's the most uh, i recommend to anybody who wants to know what it's like to watch a movie called fearless by jeff bridges not by he's, he's the I guess the, the main character, but he's in a plane crash. He survives the plane crash, and then the rest of the movie is him living in this now state of no fear. So it was a combination of I had no fear, which on one sense is beautiful. I mean, it's a it's one it's a beautiful place to be, but without a really good logical thinking clarity, you can do a lot of dumb things. Because if you no longer have any fear, you can just, you just, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll do this. Who cares? You know? And it's like, you're not thinking, well, how will that affect me five years down the road? So I also, you also make some really dumb decisions. So for a while, there was absolutely no fear, which was very weird. 
there was also a strange period of time, I'll say about six months, where um, literally if I thought something, it manifested. Like I don't mean I had to do some kind of exercise. Wow. And I, had, I mean, literally if, it, if I thought it, it happened. And it was freaky. It, it actually, it was because some of the stuff was impossible. I've told this story before where this is, this is when I finally realized, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I was walking on the street and there was a car parked really close to the end of a street. And I know that in the city I lived in, the, 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 the ticket police would definitely ticket this car because it was too close. And I just, I realized if this had just car had rolled back like just two inches, like two or three inches, it would be fine. It wouldn't get a ticket. All of a sudden the car just rolled back three inches. Like it literally just Whoa. rolled itself back. <laughs> and, and the, in one sense, you'd think this is really cool. This is what all these ancient uh, things are trying to teach you to do. But the, the, the thought came was, well, what happens if I started thinking like one day I came a thought and like I thought something goofy like my friend's house was on fire. Was I going to then burn my friend's house down because I might have had a thought might have came in that. So, I mean, yeah. that's where you start to be concerned about how much you automatically manifest your thoughts uh, when you realize it could be that possible, but the un unbelievable control and responsibility you would then need to know what the hell you're doing. And I, I, I just stopped myself from that. So move your, your question up now, 15, 18 years. And now that I've learned more, because at the time I knew some things, of course, about archons and demonic beings and how this realm is function a bit, but I didn't ever, I didn't fully believe it. You might say it wasn't really until a couple of years ago that I finally had to say, I can't, I can't dis disprove this stuff anymore. I can't put, I can't deny this stuff anymore. This is the way our reality is. I have to, I have to be honest with the way reality actually is. And so I realized that the fear of death now, if there is any, is only, it's only just a sense of, am I prepared fully for the experience? Because I feel once you're fully prepared, once you once you know what's on the other side completely, and you know the tricks and the, and what's going to happen, and you are you have prepared yourself for that, the fear should be almost none. So I think there's I think there's an underlying the underlying fear of death most people have. You know, it tries to be presented like, oh, you're afraid of the end of your existence. You're afraid of not being there for your kids, or you're afraid of actually. I think there's an underlying fear that somehow people know we've been in this reincarnation cycle for a long, long time, and that we know that there's a fear of like, and I don't know enough to stop it. And so I'm going to die and it's going to happen again, and I can't stop it. I think that's part of the underlying fear that so many have on a subconscious level. So the more work I do on myself, the more that diminishes. But, um, and we can get into this more in, in, the, in the second part of the talk, but um, I'll, I'll say this because this is sure, yeah. make sure people hear this. This is really important. And then I'll, I'll stop. Is that some people have said to me, I've had a number of emails I've said, yeah. oh, of like a year ago of like things like, well, if this is such a horrible world and we need to end the reincarnation cycle and we do it to death, why don't I kill myself now and get this over with? And I try to tell them because you're not ready. Because if you don't know exactly what you're going to face in the after death experience in the after death astral realm, and you don't know what the tricks are that have been played on you before, that will be played on you again, that's going, then you've wasted your time because you've gotten there 
faster than than you need to be. I say, no matter how difficult life may be right now, and all of us have difficult experiences here to various degrees, but use it as best as you can to be as prepared as possible. So when that moment comes, whether it's two weeks, two months, two years, whatever it is, you can say, I did the best preparation I could. So at least at least you don't there won't be that guilt on anybody saying, Oh, I should have done this, I should have worked into this, I should have studied this material. You did that. How it plays out is how it plays out after that. At least you have nothing, you know, if, if you try to end this early or jump out of this early or ignore this and think it's gonna just no, that that that's another one of the tricks. So so to me it's while you have the time to, to study and work on yourself, study and work on yourself. 